0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of Dick's Picks Betting Podcast. His father was a mother. His father was a mother. His mother was a mother. His
1: mother was a mutter.
0: Uh, we are now finally just days away from the first game of the year. Week 0 is really, really upon us now. Um, in this episode we're going to quickly go over the last of the conference previews that we have and then get immediately into... Our picks for Week Zero and any futures that we may have. Richard, you want to start the people off with anything
2: good? What's on your mind? Um, well, the fact that our Florida bet's going to look pretty good now that that line's dropped a little bit.
0: I I do like that. I mean, you called that out when it was eight. Now it's four and a half, I believe. Wow.
2: Yeah, it's four and a half now, and I mean, I think, like I said the other day when I sent that in the. Uh, the telegram, you know, if Cam is out, that line's going to drop down to three. There'll be some buyback at three, but I think this thing closes three, three and a half if Cam is out for sure. And from all the reports you've seen out of Salt Lake, he has been on a simulator primarily and has not taken a whole lot of reps, um, full contact reps at all. Granted, I don't think he needs a whole lot of it, but still you need to have some some type of uh, game-like Repetition to be successful, and you can't just walk in and be okay, especially coming off an ACL like that. And their backup going down with the injury, he's back now, too. So, um, it's gonna be interesting to see, especially since that line started at 10 this summer and now it's all the way down to four. Um, it's definitely a good that was definitely a good buy on our part. And so, hopefully, uh, even if he does play, I don't think he's gonna be 100%. I think his best attribute is just creating plays with his legs, and I don't think he's gonna be doing a whole lot of that week one, especially off that injury.
0: Yep, yep, and jumping into it, you bring up Florida. You know, the first thing we're doing in this podcast, SEC preview. So we're going to start off first with the SEC East, the returning national champs, Georgia, 15-0 and last year, 8-0 in the conference. You know, they, they lost quite a few people, notably Old Man winners, a.k.a. Stetson Bennett. The guy was 35, 45-and-a-half uh, playing at QB. Anyway, they have 13 no returning degree. starters. And no degree, yeah. Some somehow doesn't manage to graduate as a as a fifty-two year old. So yeah. R- Richard, how are we feeling about their returning national champs this year? Do you think they got
2: a chance to do a three peat? What what's on your mind? Uh I honestly don't think they three peat. I don't think they are they got one of the weaker schedules in the SEC, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think a big game is gonna be Auburn that week thirty or September thirtieth. I think Auburns. We'll get into Auburn in a little bit, but that could be a tough battle. You know, we got Kentucky at home. That could be tough. Um, Florida at a neutral, and then beyond that, you don't have anything that's gonna be difficult in my opinion, except for the SEC championship game. Um, they got the best tight end in college football, and Brock Bowers. I mean, they do just absolute freak. Uh, you got a ton of talent, ton of five-star guys. You know, quarterback's gonna be the issue whether or not they're able to replace Stetson Bennett and continue to be a team that can put up some points offensively. Um, you know, you do bring back an OC who was there a couple years ago in Bobo. I was never really high on him when he left. Uh, really didn't do a whole lot. When he did leave, I mean, every school, he, every team he went to, whether it had been the NFL, every team he coached offensive coordinator-wise, progressed offensively. I know it's different in the college, that's fine, but it's going to be interesting to see how this offense develops. You know, defense obviously the strength, that's Kirby Smart's forte and as I mentioned in the podcast earlier, you know, he's still the defensive coordinator no matter what anybody says. Um so, you know, they're going to they're the te- they're the team to beat. They're the big dogs. I don't think they're going to have any challenges until um those back-to-back weeks when you have Auburn on the road and then you got Kentucky at home. Um definitely have favored to come out of the east and they should Um, ton of talent, good coaching, good, 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 uh, culture, um, except for the speeding with the cars. But other than that, this is a program that's the top dog in the nation.
0: Yep. And moving on to the second team in the East, we have a Tennessee team that went 11 and two last year. Obviously, you know, one of the big things they beat Bama, uh, six and two in the conference overall, they only have, uh, 13 returning starters, uh, obviously one big loss Hendon hooker, you know, best quarterback, uh possibly in the sec last year performance wise i mean richard what are you, what are you thinking about tennessee in this joss typo squad
2: what's the over under nine and a half that is so off. i'm not going to take it because i have it's not one of my other favorite ones i mean i may end up doing it last second but they're not going to be good they'll underachieve by a mile um milton I mean, you see the videos. The dude's got unbelievable arm talent, arm strength, can throw the ball a mile, but he's just not a good quarterback. The dude's been playing college football for six years. He's had to transfer. He's been named the starter three times. He's lost a starting job three times. And, you know, he holds on to the ball way too long because of that arm talent. He relies on that arm talent so much. He throws the ball into bad windows, bad interceptions, holds the ball 3.6 seconds. That's way too long in college football, especially when you have an offensive line that's going to be rebuilding and... It's it's just not going to be a good situation there, especially with Heupel's offense. Um, it's just he throws overthrows the ball, or he throws into tight windows. Again, um, last year they were the, they had the number one they were number one in th- fewest three and outs. I don't I think that changes this year. Um, they were five point three points in the red zone last year. That's going to take a massive drop in the offensive line. Everybody that comes in is below replacement value. Their starting center is six foot seven. I didn't play offensive line. I know you did, but in my mind, when you're six foot seven trying to snap Move the ball out and tackle. get leverage, oh my god, you're not going to be successful. Learn to, I just don't. Learn
0: to kick step. Like go, not, go not even play that is like you're,
2: you're going to get hit in the back of the fucking head too. Like why do you put a guy at six seven to be your starting center? Right. And so again, offensive line. I mean, that just shows how bad their offensive line is. Um, you know, you do bring a guy from Texas, no starts. You bring in a Miami transfer, no starts. I mean, you're going to have a rebuilding offensive line that's going to be tough to expect a whole lot from. Receiver-wise, you do have a productive group coming back. You do have a lot of depth. Um, Running back-wise, they'll be okay. But again, if you don't have an offensive line, you don't have an offense, in my opinion. Um, I just... Their defense was obviously not their strength last year. They do bring back 7 of 11 guys, but... Out of the guys they do have coming back, I don't think there's a whole lot of improvement they can make just because the kind of offensive play really puts the defense in bad positions of having to be on the field a little bit too much. Um, So I don't think Tennessee is a team that's going to be anywhere near their over-under win total. And I can definitely see this team losing a lot of games that they're double-digit favorites in just because Milton is not going to be the quarterback or the savior that everybody thinks he's going to be. There's a reason Hooker beat him out. And he's I, th- I think that I think by midseason the freshman's going to take over who's a highly touted freshman just to give him some time and some work for the future and they're just going to say Melanie you know you tried but this just isn't it for you
0: yep so moving on we have an 8 and 5 South Carolina team 4 and 4 in the conference overall they're only returning 10 starters obviously Shane Beamer's program pretty good year last year 8 and Eight and five in the SEC as a South Carolina team. That's pretty good. I mean, currently their season over under for win total sits at six and a half. Richard, what do you, what do you think about the Cox?
2: They're special teams, man. That was the reason they won so many games last year, One games that they shouldn't have been in. Um, their special teams was phenomenal. And I think there's no way for them to maintain that again. You know, um, it, again, their special teams in 2002. Or two, sorry, 2000 when he came in, as one. They were 109, then they went down to 18th, and then they were number one last year. I just think there's gonna be some regression there, um, and just because you can't do as well as they have in the punt game, the return game, all that stuff. I mean, they brought back they brought back so many kicks. Um, I just don't think they're gonna be able to do it again this year. So that's gonna be an effect. Uh, the quarterback solid, obviously, but they lost a ton of talent on off the offensive side of the ball. You know, their tight end went back to Oklahoma. Running back-wise, um, they did lose a couple guys. They have added in a D2 transfer, but I don't think he's going to be up to snuff. Receivers, they have six guys coming back with starting experience, but all of them transfers. Some are UCS sorry, Conference USA guys, um, some guys from some FCS schools, so that's going to be underwhelming. Offensive line, they weren't very good last year, and I don't think they're going to be in much better this year. Um, You're bringing in two FCS guys to take starting positions. It's obviously going to be a big jump jumping into the SEC. Defensive line got crushed. Um, They do have one guy who's a stud in Hemingway. Linebacker-wise, they're going to be less experienced. They're not going to have a whole lot of depth. And then defensively, um, in their secondary, it's going to be down a couple notches from last year when you lose their two best players. Um, Again, this is a team I think is going in the right direction. It's just hard to compete in the SEC. You know, Shane Beamer did get the number one uh, recruit out there in, uh, I believe, in South Carolina's come to to South Carolina. So that's a big win for them. Um, You know, week one, they got North Carolina. That's going to be an interesting game to see what happens, if North Carolina's defense is improved or not. And you go to Georgia week three, which could be a bloodbath. So not high on this team. Won't be touching any over-under season win total. But it's definitely a team I think that regresses from last year's success of eight wins. So,
0: moving on, we have a Kentucky team that went seven and six last year, three and five in the conference. Obviously, they lose quarterback Will Levis. Eight returners on offense, six returners on defense. You know, 14 returners that's actually quite a bit for the SEC. Their current over under for season win total sits at six and a half. Richard, I'm pretty sure you're high on Kentucky, but I want to hear you tell me yourself.
2: I love Kentucky. I love their coach. I love their offensive philosophy. I love their defensive philosophy. And they bring in a guy who I liked last year. Um, their quarterback guy came over from, <clears throat> excuse me, North Carolina State, and he gets to re- you know, Larry, and he gets to reconnect with his OC that was at o- uh, that was at um, North Carolina State when he was there a couple years ago. So that'll be huge for them, um, offensively. Grand return ten offensive starters, line or running back, or sorry, excuse me. Receiving wise, they're going to be they're going to be solid again. You know, Dane Key is a stud, can fly, so they're going to be good there. Running back wise, they lose their top All Star, but they have some depth there. Defensive line is going to be much much better. It might be the most talented group that Stoops has had in a very long time. Um, linebacking wise, they should be solid. They do lose some guys from last year, but they do gain some experience because there were some guys that were injured last year. Defensive back is the strength of their defense, in my opinion. Um, they do have some guys that transferred in late that are going to be big contributors. And then, again, special teams, they did have a guy, uh, I think it was Dane Key, who actually returned quite a few punts last year that did a really solid job for them. Um, I think Kentucky is a team that is going to definitely be surprising teams, um, kind of like they did last year early, but they kind of fell off. But I think they can go into that Georgia game undefeated and actually get Georgia a scare if they're able to stay healthy um they don't have really any big tests before then you know Florida at home could be something because I think Florida is going to be improved but again I think going into that Georgia game if you can be undefeated this is a team that definitely can hang around and maybe pull off an upset
0: so moving on to Florida just like you were saying you think they're going to be improved last year they went six and seven overall three and five in the conference obviously they lose their star quarterback and they gain Graham Mertz um not exactly a star quarterback in return. Anyway, they only returned ten starters. Um they have a good running back in
2: ETNA. Um, you know, Richard, what do you what are you thinking about Florida? I think honestly, I know Richardson is all the hype, but he was really bad in a lot of games. He just was. He just not consistent, made a bad bunch of mistakes. Mertz, obviously, five-star guy going to Wisconsin, didn't really shake out, but I think he's gonna be better in this florida offense you know billy napier i've always thought highly of him especially when he was at um louisiana you know he won us a couple big games going out to iowa state in the years past um one thing about florida is they're gonna run the ball they got two running backs three running backs that are stud you know montreal johnson's good is solid and they also bring in Tulane's best running back in Cam carroll so their running back crew is gonna be really 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 good Um, offensive line should be much improved you know they have career starts go up jacks up to 74 and you're bringing a bunch of transfers from Bama you're bringing a guy from FIU uh, You're bringing a guy from Baylor bringing a guy from Kentucky so they're going to be improved on the offensive line quarterback wise Mertz just got to take care of the ball don't throw interceptions don't throw interceptions that is too much to ask
0: that's too much to ask just you haven't seen Graham Mertz play that's too much to ask
2: I think the problem was at Wisconsin. He only got to throw the ball five times a game. So when he did get a chance to throw, four of them were were picks. I mean, come on. (laughs) I agree. I agree. But um, SEC-wise, this is a team I took to go bowling. Um, I think they get it done. I think this team is going to be much improved. And because of the situation at Utah, week one, it's a game they might be able to get. I think they beat McNeese. I think they beat Tennessee at home. You know, you get Charlotte, you beat Vanderbilt, you're going to beat South Carolina, and you're going to catch another one somewhere on the road. I think you might get off Missouri. Um, so, again, if they can stay healthy, if they can develop under Billy Napier, you know, transfer-wise, I think they're ranked top 15 or tops. Nope, they're ranked 18th in um, transfer ranks for players coming in. So they're going to be improved. And I know recruiting-wise, are a top 10 team or top 10 program um, for 2024 already. So I think that Florida is a team I'm high on, and I think they're gonna be much better than people are anticipating. And uh, they're gonna definitely hit the. They're gonna go bowling. I mean, I'll say now they're going bowling.
0: Yep. So moving on, we have a Mizzou team that went six and seven last year, three and five in the conference. Uh, you know, returning 14 starters. Richard, I I think you know my opinions on Eli Drinkwitz. I cannot believe that they signed him to a contract like they did. You know, they, they throw away someone like Barry Odom and bring this yokel in. I just, I don't get it. Their season win totals at six and a half. I personally hope they go under. I want to see this guy gone. The only reason I feel strongly about this is obviously I went to Mizzou and I, I'm tired of this guy. I'm tired of him. But Richard, go on.
2: I mean, can Cook be better? I mean, he's got to battle the guy that's coming from Miami for the starting position, he should get the nod. But I mean, if he goes, if he doesn't play well, because he really struggled towards the end of the year, the kid from Miami, the transfer, uh, I want to say, Garcia.
0: Yep, Garcia. If, he, if
2: if if he doesn't play well, I mean, because that kid coming out of high school, I think his position rank was number four, or number five. Like he was really highly touted. If he doesn't play well, this kid's gonna take his spot. Um, running back wise, they should be improved. Receivers, you know, the Ululus love it. He transfers over to Georgia, but um, they do add in guys from Ole Miss and Oklahoma. So they'll have some guys to throw to. Offensive line, um, they got 136 career starts between all of them, so they're going to be improved compared to last year, you know, but the transfers you do bring in are Bill depth, Eastern Michigan, and another FCF school, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, defensive line, it's going to be a big concern. You know, they lost quite a few. So um, that was something that was really strong for them last year was their D-line, I thought. But now they're going to rely on uh, Robinson, I think it's Darius Robinson, to kind of carry the workload um, on the defensive line to be a run stopper. Linebackers, they should be in better shape than they were in the year past. You know, you lose your star, um, but you do bring in some transfers from Florida and another guy from uh, Tennessee. So you're going to be a little bit better. But again, guys from Florida and Tennessee, and how how, how how good these guys are going to be. Um, Especially if you can't crack the defensive starting positions at those schools whose defenses are really poor. Defensive backs—they got the top duo in the defense and secondary in the SEC, in my opinion, at least in the uh, uh, the, in their division. So I think their defensive defense was going to be something they have to lean on. Can their offense be better? I don't know. Um, You know, you got a big test, big opponent, Kansas State coming in week three. They embarrassed the hell out of you last year. So um, you know, worst case scenario, if these guys don't come out and play well. You could go into that van. You could go into that Memphis game, and Memphis we mentioned earlier they are a team loaded with Power Five transfers. You could, theoretically could be going to that game, and lose, and end up two and two starting SEC play, which would not be ideal. So uh, again, they got not a terrible conference lineup. I mean, you go to Kentucky, you get LSU at least at home, you get Georgia on the road. Tennessee is a winnable game because, I, again, I'm not high on Tennessee, and it's at home. And then you go to Arkansas at the end of the season on a Friday. So uh, I don't know what their over-under is off the top of my head, but it's not something I'll be entertaining either way. So moving
0: on, we have a Vanderbilt team that won 5-7 and seven last year, 2-6 and six in the conference. You know, they were they, – the strength of this team last year was typically running the ball. Obviously, they return a decent amount of offensive linemen, but they lose. You know, they're, they're, they're running back to Kentucky – Uh, of course they do get in a three star, you know, Richard, I'm honestly, personally a little high on this team. They have a over under season win total for three and a half. I feel like it's something they could feasibly break within the first four weeks. What do you think?
2: You win it in four weeks or you don't win it at all. I think they're going to be improved, but I think their best players transferred out and Vanderbilt's a school that is not going to bring in guys that are studs. You know, you're bringing in guys that you're looking to develop. And unfortunately, now in the transfer portal world, it's you develop guys and they jump ship on you. So um, I think you can get all three of those, all four of those first games. You know, Wake's going to be your toughest test. If you can get past Wake and get to UNLV, you might hit this in week four. But if you don't get it in week four, South Carolina and at Tennessee are your two best bets. Mizzou. I, I know you're not high on Mizzou and it's at home, but I just don't think they're going to have the firepower to hang with Mizzou. If they're starting to click on offense again, I think f- if you take this over under at three and a half, you need it by week three or week four, excuse me. Yeah. You just do. You just do because getting it the rest of the way is going to be very hard. Um, like I said, you hit it, you know, they lost their thousand yard rusher. He transferred out. Um, so that really, really hurts. It's uh, so, and then their quarterback, backup position guy, he ended up transferring out. Receiver-wise, they lost their best wide receiver. Um, they do have depth at the tight end, so they'll be running a lot of 12 personnel, I'd anticipate. Offensive line brings back nearly everybody, so they should be improved. Defensively, D-line brings back three starters, so that's solid. Linebackers should be strong. Um, defensive backs are going to be underwhelming, so if they can't get pressure on the quarterback, they're really going to struggle. Um, and then special teams. Their special teams have got to improve. You can't be 113th in special teams and expect to be a program that is going to compete especially when you are not as athletic strong deep as other teams in the sec you got you can't be 113th so that's something they really got to improve on and um can they i mean sure but i don't think they're going to be i think they placed they faced a lot of teams in the sec last year that were dealing with injuries or just didn't care anymore or were just wiped out mentally and physically or guys are just ready to jump ship and that's where they got two of their wins in the sec and that was towards the end of the year in kentucky and florida I don't know if they're going to get that again because I think everybody that they face is going to be much improved from last year with the exception of Tennessee. So, again, I don't know if I'll take this. It might be something that we decide on last minute. If we do, we'll put it in the um, telegram. But I know you're high on them, and I can definitely see it hitting, but I would love for it to hit by week four because if it doesn't, it's going to be a long sweat to the end of that Tennessee game on November
0: 25th. Yep, yep. Moving on over to the SEC West, we have LSU. Last year went 10-4, and 6-2 and two in the conference. Obviously, they're returning Jaden Daniels. They're returning 13 starters as well. Their current season win total sits at 9.5. Richard, how do we feel about the Tigers?
2: They should be improved. Um, you know, I'm not a huge Chip Kelly fan. I never have been, even in those days at Notre Dame or days at Cincinnati. But your quarterback, he went out and did something he had to do. He went out and put weight. We mentioned it in an earlier podcast. He's up to 212. Um, He's going to make him more physical, at least able to take some more of those shots that he took last year. You know, he he led the team in rushing. He can't do that again. you got to have a running back that's able to help out a little bit. You know, they have five guys coming in, so hopefully this year they can get a 1,000-yard rusher. Um, If they don't, it's going to be tough to be able to get over that hump because, you know, Texas a and is going to be improved. Alabama's going to be improved. You know, everybody that you're going to see is going to be much better, and I think that you're not going to surprise teams like you did last year. Offensive line is going to be really good. You know, they are all freshmen last year, and now they're going to be coming back if there's four starters. It's, I mean, that's pretty impressive, and like I said, they're going to be very good on the offensive line, at least they should be as long as they stay healthy. Quarterback-wise, I touched on this in an earlier pod, they got the best backup quarterback in college football uh great garrett nussmeyer i think he's a stud quarterback and i think if Jalen daniels goes down he's a guy that can step in and it might be better um receivers you know the receiving core was not great last year because i had a bunch of guys that were toxic and guys having sex with coaches and whatever and i'm I'm sorry guys having sex
0: with coaches are they gay
2: No, Bote was having a threesome or foursome with other coaches and some girl that was a part of the staff as a I don't know what she was, but that's he was supposed to be this heralded wide receiver and then all this came out and he got dismissed. And anyways, there's a couple guys that were just super toxic. Um, so wide receiver should be better. You know they brought in some guys that hopefully help. You know one guy was a second teamer at, at Alabama, so he's going to be probably their top dog. So they're going to have some better guys to throw to, and you're not going to have a toxic environment in that room anymore. Defensive line, you get your best player back. You know, Smith got hurt very first drive celebrating a stop on third down in the very first game against Florida State in the first quarter. So um, he's back, so he's going to take a touch of space, be a much, much better, and then their linebackers are going to be phenomenal. I mean, Perkins Jr. was just a freshman, and he was just a stud. And then you bring in one of my favorite guys from last year and Spates from uh, uh, Oregon State, and now you got two guys that are just – unbelievably strong and they're just going to be great at the linebacker position defensive backs I don't know if this is called DBU anymore because they've had to bring in so many guys and the reports that are coming out is that one of the FCS transfers is actually going to be one of the guys that's going to have to start you do bring in Chestnut from Syracuse which is going to help but he did get tripped up a little bit in his injury Harris comes over for AM. you know he came on out of high school I think he was like number three or number four in his position Um, ranking so they're going to be strong there then you bring another guy from Ohio State but three of those guys got hurt in spring so um, the FCS transfer um, Alexander from southeast Louisiana looks like a guy that's going to get the start and from what I've heard or what I've seen and read online he's actually been doing a really really good job and so they're not too concerned as they were they're not as concerned as they were before Um, special teams again I touched on this with Vanderbilt uh, you're not going to win a playoff game. You're not going to make the playoff with a special teams unit ranking 117th. Granted, I know that's because you don't rely on... You can score a lot more touchdowns. It's not as big. But you, whenever you do, you got, you got to be more consistent as a unit. And being 117th is not ideal. So that's something they got to improve on. D.C. is going to be great. menhouse House, again, year two. Offensive coordinator, um, still the same guy that followed him from Cincinnati. So uh, high on LSU, I think they're a team that definitely can win the West and make it good change a good challenge for georgia in the championship game you know you're going to find out a lot about these guys and florida state week one when they play um, in orlando on a sunday
0: moving on we have alabama last year went 11 and 2 6 and 2 in the conference they return a whopping nine starters you know obviously alabama nick saban team you can never count them out richard their season win total sits at 10 and a half how you feeling about alabama
2: and they'd be more disciplined. Hundred and twenty-sixth than penalties committed in the nation last year. Um, I mentioned this in an earlier pod. You know, you commit 17 at Tennessee and you lose that game. You commit 9 at LSU, 11 at Auburn, and 15 against Texas. You've got to be more disciplined. If you can't be disciplined, it makes it tough to get over games that you need to win. Um, offensive line is going to be stacked um running backs should be solid you know you got jam miller that's a really great name he's going to be um he's going to be their workhorse in my position or my in my opinion uh receiver wise uh you got three of your top four coming back and you add in a transfer from maryland who's a stud there so that's going to help biggest questions quarterback you know you lose your you lose bryce which hurts but then what concerns me the most is after spring you go out and have to bring another quarterback in and that was with the oc at notre dame if that doesn't scream we're not confident in our quarterbacks, I don't know what does when you bring in a guy who is not very good at Notre Dame. Um, and they still haven't named who the starter is going to be, and we're literally, what, 10, 12 days away from week one. Um, granted, it's middle Tennessee, and they might play two, but if you don't have your quarterback situation figured out by Texas, it's going to be tough. Um, again, these guys are super motivated, though. I think this is one of the first years they ever picked to win the Big or, win the, West or um, the SEC So that's definitely going to motivate them. And you know how Saban is. He uses all that motivation just to um, light a fire under himself and under his players. Uh, Defense, I think they're not going to have to rely as heavily as they did last year on Will Anderson. It's going to be more of a defense by committee. So I think they're going to be okay. Defensive line is stacked. Linebacks are stacked. DBs are stacked. And the one thing about this crew is the most, the highly, excuse me, the highest ranked recruiting class of all time is now hitting year two or year three in alabama so these guys should be developed strong athletic physical and ready to play and if they're not something with developing is going on in alabama and nick saban and those guys can be left behind by these other schools in the sec but i think bama bounces back and i think that game against texas is going to tell us how they feel right away
0: up next is Mississippi State. Last year, went nine and four overall, four and four in the conference. This team, obviously stepping in with a new coach Zach Arnett, only returning eleven starters as well. Richard, how are we feeling about Mississippi State? Their current over under win total also sits at six and a half.
2: I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, you got a quarterback who's probably going to set the all time, um, be the all time leading passer. Um Rodgers, but the type of team that Bleach built was a team to run. You know, the, the spread. You know, throw the ball downfield. You know, get the ball out. Stop, you know, their their run game was their pass game. You know, short short passes. The guy who took over, I get it. He was a defensive coach. That's fine, but he is now changing the entire philosophy around the entire offense. And so I don't know how these guys are going to adapt. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with these guys. I could see them taking a massive step back. I mean, just a massive step back. um, Just because of all the changes they're going to have on the offensive side of the ball, even though they have 8 of 11 starters back. Uh, Defensively, you only have 4 starters back. And you play in the West, which is tough. I mean, you got Arizona at home week 1. If you don't put up points, Arizona's going to leave you behind. I mean, you know, I know it's Pac-12 and their defense is terrible, but you got to be able to put up points against an Arizona and then you get LSU at home. You know, this team's going to be tested immediately, so whether or not they're able to develop on the offensive side of the ball right away is going to be very interesting to see. Um, it's not a team I'll entertain the over-under on at all, but it's a team that I think is definitely going to have a lot of questions that they're going to have to address right away
0: next up we have Ole Miss last year they went eight and five four and four in the conference obviously this Lane Kiffin team started seven and zero last year um, they bring in some transfers Spencer Sanders obviously and, and Walker Howard from LSU uh, you know returning 13 starters Ole Miss is over under sits at seven and a half Richard how are you feeling about the Rebels
2: they're gonna be much improved on both sides of the ball um offensively they're gonna be better because the quarterbacks are gonna have heat on him i mean if he doesn't if he doesn't play well they're gonna pull him for an experienced guy in sanders immediately and sanders will walk into that position and not look back offensive line is something that they're gonna to have to uh that they're gonna that's gonna to have to lean on i mean their offensive line is strong and they got a running back who is arguably one of the best running backs in all of college or all college football right i mean and in the sec um he is he's an absolute stud in Junkins, um so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with those guys offensively and they bring in a receiver from utsa that it was a stud there and he's big strong and athletic defensively bring back seven starters um you got a new dc so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens there as he comes over from Bama. but um this is a team that's definitely gonna have some games to compete in whether they're able to you're gonna find out right away. I mean, that 2 lane game's not gonna be what cakewalk, and then you got Bama week four at their place. So you got Bama, LSU, and Arkansas all in all in consecutive weeks. So this team's gonna find out right away who they are. But I'm not entertaining an over/under on this at all. Yep. So moving
0: on, we have an Arkansas team that went seven and six last year, three and five in the conference. Obviously, they're bringing back KJ Jefferson and they their running back rocket. Uh, but they're also bringing in a a new offensive coordinator and a new defensive coordinator. Uh, And with that defensive coordinator, you know, comes 10 transfers. Richard, the over-under for this team sits at 6.5. How do you feel about the Razorbacks? Is it a woo-pig-suey kind of year?
2: If I took them, if I had to take them, I would take them on the over. Um, I do like their head coach. I think Sam Pittman does a good job. Developing offensive lines and he's gonna to have to do it again here. You know, he's brought in a bunch of guys to The offensive line that he's hopefully gonna to get Get to uh, play well together guys from Florida guys from um, Washington and then another guy from I don't know I can't remember off the top of my head, but he brings in some solid pieces to help fix some gaps that they got left behind a Graduation injury and transfers. Um, so I think the offensive line will be okay And if the offensive line can be okay, you have in my opinion the best running back in all the SEC I think Rocket's unbelievable and I think he's going to be the workhorse for this team. And then obviously you got KJ. If KJ can stay healthy, that really helps him as well. Um and you know, off at new new O. C. Um I don't I don't know I don't know how it's gonna go. I mean I know they have familiar familiarity with each other because they were um both worked together previously when Pittman was the um offensive line coach at Arkansas, so Um, I think they're going to be okay. You know, they did say that they're going to be changing him up a little bit more and putting KJ under center. So uh, I'd look for a lot more play action, passing, a lot more bootlegs and getting him out in space, trying to run over guys, trying to throw the ball over the top. And, you know, Rocket Sanders, if he can stay healthy and this offensive line can develop, this is a team that can be good offensively, defensively. Um, One thing that I'd like to highlight is their secondary got absolutely destroyed by injuries last year. And a lot of guys who are playing out of position, uh, more notably, their Strong safety, had to move to corner, and he was just getting torched because it just wasn't his position. He wasn't used to it. All those guys are back now, and they bring a ton of transfers in. Their defensive backs are going to be the strength of this football team, and if they can get better on the D-line, um, they should be better. You know, you got 10 guys with experience that you brought on, on the D-line, so hopefully they're able to develop, stop the run, and uh, compete. But again, Arkansas has got a very, very, very tough schedule.
0: Yep, so moving on, we have an Auburn team that went 5-7 and seven last year, 2-6 and six overall. Obviously, they're bringing back quite a bit on defense, but they're they're really losing a lot on offense. Uh, You know, they bring in head coach Hugh Freeze now, um, so you know that might change things up a bit. But their current season win total sits at six and a half. Richard, how do we feel about Auburn?
2: Love Auburn. Uh, This is an SEC, SEC team. I already took the season to win total over with. Um, You know, they just named Thorne their starting quarterback, which is good, but I would not be surprised if Ashford, who is going to be the backup, has some packages for him because he's a really, really athletic guy who can run the ball. Um, running backs, the biggest concern on the offensive side. Uh, they got some guys that are going to be competing for um, touches. Receiving-wise, they do have a lot of depth. Um, they added in two guys, from a guy from Cincy, another guy from Hawaii, a guy from FIU, um, first team All-American guy in a tight end, so... So our first team, all American tight end, not all American um, tight end. So I think they'll be okay. there. offensive line is definitely going to be their strength. Um, defense is stacked and their DC is a really, really good DC coach uh, or really good defensive coach. I think they're going to be strong in that position. And this is a team that's definitely going to develop. And towards the end of the season, I think it's a team that's going to surprise a lot of teams and beating Bama at home is not out, out of the question. Um, you know, you, got, you go to Cal week two, which is going to be interesting. And SEC team going up to the Bay Area, we mentioned earlier, we thought it was the opposite way. But Auburn going to Cal changes things quite a bit. And then you go to Texas A&M, when we'll touch on them shortly. But Hugh Freeze does a really good job of, brought all of us over his entire staff from Liberty. And one thing that they were good at in the past couple of years was a formula to beat SEC teams. So I'm really high on Auburn and I think they're going in the right direction. And I think Hugh Freeze will have this team competing for the West Championship in the next one year or two.
0: Yep, and you just brought them up. Last team in the SEC West, obviously finished dead last. Texas AM last year went five and seven, two and six overall in the conference. The returning fifteen starters and Richard, I'm just gonna shut up because I know you got a lot to say about this team. Over under seven and a half. Tell us
2: what you think about the Aggies. Take the fucking over right now. I love Texas A&M. This is my team in the SEC, too. I've taken to not only win their win total, not only win the West, but also make a playoff appearance and win a national championship. I think that they have so much blue chip talent. It's unbelievable. They have the most talented defensive line in the entire country. You could combine most schools in the power five with their defensive line talent and still not equal the ceiling of what Texas A&M has. They have so much talent on the defensive line, it's scary. And if these guys can play well and play together, this team is going to absolutely terrorize offensive lines and get to the quarterback. Linebacker wise, they got a ton of depth. Um, all their starters are back and they bring in a bunch of transfers. Defensive backs are going to be solved. They lose a couple guys in the transfer portal, but you bring in Grimes. Tony Grimes from North Carolina who was a hot, top, top recruit who everybody wanted. He went to Carolina and obviously that defense was terrible, so he jumped ship. Just having him on the field, you're going to be able to, elite half, to eliminate half of it and attack from the other side because he is the type of player that can control their best wide receiver one-on-one and you don't have to worry about giving him too much help. Um, their their defense is just going to be unbelievable. And they bring back 10 of 11 starters already. And they have guys that were injured last year that they lost that are now going to be back. This is a deep, deep, deep defense. And they are going to be the best defense in the SEC, in my opinion. Yes, better than Georgia. Yes, better than Bama. They are stacked. And I love how good this defense is going to be. Offensive side of the ball, everybody's throwing... Everybody's saying that Petrino, who they brought in, is not going to be good. He's not, Because I get it. He's got a big ego. Jimbo's got a big ego. But I don't think he leaves that job at UNLV as an OC unless Jimbo made some concessions about who's going to be doing the play calling and how much control he's going to have on the offensive side of the ball. And if you've been watching Petrino and his team, Missouri State, you know, they won us a game, in the spread last year at Arkansas. One thing his team, has been, his offenses have been able to do is cause havoc on SEC defenses. I am all in on Petrino. I think he's going to develop these guys. They did lose their tight end in spring to an ACL injury, which sucks. Starting tight end, which sucks. But quarterback-wise, Wagman, they threw him into the fire as a freshman, and the dude had zero interceptions last year. Zero. I'll take that all day. Even if your completion percentage is down, you're not dumb enough to throw the ball over grabs. He had zero interceptions last year. Take it all day. Running back-wise, you do lose your best running back, um, but... It's okay. You bring in other guys. You bring in a guy from Colorado State. You bring in a guy from BC. You to bring in a bunch of talent that's going to be able to fill those stats, and you're not going to lean on them completely because your receivers are stacked. You have some great receivers in Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad. You got guys that can catch the ball and stretch defenses out. And again, offensive line is going to be a huge strength. Last year was a super, super young offensive line. had a ton of injuries, and now you got all these guys back. And Jimbo said it last year in one of the interviews, you know, we'll be good next year because it takes time to develop those positions. Their offensive line is going to be great, and it'll be one of the best offensive lines in the country. Again, I think Texas A&M is going to be the team that's going to surprise a lot of people for the the reasons I just pointed out. And again, I hammered them on over-under win totals for this year and for projections and for futures, because I think this team is stacked, and I think they're going to be They are a team that people are not believing in just because of the past history. And I think this is a team that I'm all in on. And I'm going to be following all season long and riding that route.
0: Yep, so that wraps up our SEC preview. Next, we're going to be moving to the ACC. Starting off with the Atlantic Division of the ACC, we have Clemson. Last year went 11-3, 8-0 in the conference. Obviously, Will Shipley returns. They have a quarterback in Cade Klubnick. what a great name just throwing that out there uh so a total of fifteen returning starters they're over under for the season currently sits at nine and a half. Richard, how do you feel about Clemson?
2: uh they should be better than last year you know it was still an eleven three team but to Clemson's standards, they obviously didn't achieve what they wanted to achieve last year um you know clubnik's going to take over for uh d j and he's it's this is his show i mean. I, He definitely has a better downfield ball than um, DJ did. So that'll be interesting to see how he progressed this summer and this offseason. You know, Shipley's a back at running back, which is huge for them. Receivers was a big issue for them last year. They had guys that just couldn't create separation, had a bunch of injuries. So a lot of those guys are back. um, And they also bring in a couple dudes from uh, the transfer portal, which I know Clemson's not high on. So it'll be interesting to see how these guys progressed again over the summer and how they're able to build um, a rapport with club nick so receivers got to improve for this team to be better offensive line should be solid um it's going to be a lot better bringing back four starters and they also have a lot of depth here defensive line isn't going to be as strong as it has been in the past but that's going to be covered by our linebacking crew which is probably one of the best tandems in all of college football um they're going to be big strong athletic this is definitely one of the best linebacking crews they've had in a very long time defensive backs they had a lot of freshmen last year and a lot of guys that were young and so they got taken advantage of so i think with a year of growth they're definitely going to take a big step in the right or big step forward and they're definitely going to be a top 20 top 15 secondary in the country in my opinion um offensive coordinator wise that's a change they made so they should be be a little bit different um you know Garrett Riley's coming over from TCU he'll be the OC he was at SMU before that so um Venables obviously this is two years out with Venables so Mike Reed's still there so we'll see or excuse me not Mike Reed Mikey Collins is still there so um defense again I think they took a big step back last year but bringing back 15 of 22 and they definitely this is definitely a program that builds from within so I think clemson obviously is a contender for that acc title
0: so next up we have florida state last year went 10 and 3 overall 5 and 3 in the conference uh their season win total sits at nine and a half obviously a lot of hype around this team they uh, have a star quarterback in jordan travis i guess richard do you think they're going to live up to the hype
2: we'll find out week one i mean you got lsu which has got a very good defense um One of the biggest questions I had for Florida State coming in is wide receiver. Johnny Wilson was really good last year. He's so long. I think he's 6'7". He's super athletic. But his drop rate was like over 15%, which is just unacceptable. So um, if he can approve, they brought in some receivers like outside to help build um Keon Coleman from Michigan State is going to be a huge addition Winston Wright who registered from West Virginia is also coming in um so with those guys I mean you got six seven Wilson you got Coleman at six four and you got a guy that's streaky at six foot that can get up and down the field creates some separation I think they're going to be much much better at receiver if they can minimize the drops Offensive line should be good. I mean, it's the most experienced offensive line they've had in a while. They bring in some depth with guys from UTEP, guys from Colorado, guys from Auburn. So that should be solid. Defensive line is loaded. I mean, again, one of the best defensive lines in the country along with, you know, um, as we mentioned, Texas A&M, Penn State. Um, These guys are extremely deep and talented. The defensive line, you know, they got the guy on the edge who transferred in from an FCS the year before. Veer, if he could stay healthy this year, or verse, sorry. If he could stay healthy this year, it it would go a long, long ways for this defense, um, but again, he's got to stay on the field. Linebackers, they'll be a strong linebacking crew. Um, they only lost one guy at linebacker, so they got three three of their top four return defensive backs. This was an issue they had last year, um, but they did bring in a bunch of transfers, guys from Louisville, um, another guy from Coastal Carolina, so they should and a guy from Virginia, so they should be a little bit better, um, a little more depth. Again, it's the, it, this the the meat of their defense is the defensive line and their linebacking crew. Um, special teams that was a big question for me so last year in special teams they were number one in the country and block kicks allowed which is not good I mean you can't have that happen if you're going to be a team that's trying to compete for the playoffs like you just can't um, so they, that's something they really 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 got to improve on and the second thing is they committed um, the 100, 102 most penal, excuse me they were one of the most penalized teams in college football last year ranking 102nd so that is something they definitely got to improve on. They got to be top fifty if this team is legitimately trying to be a playoff team.
0: All okay, right. So moving forward, we have a Syracuse team that went seven and six last year, four and four in the conference. Their current season win total sits at six and a half. Obviously, they had a pretty hot start last year, kind of faded down the stretch. Only thirteen returning starters. Richard, what do you think of the Orange?
2: Lost your best offensive lineman, lost your best defensive back. It's going to be a team that's I think is going to struggle. I mean, your non-con's not tough, but they got four games that they should win all four. If they don't win all four, going into Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State, it is going to be a gauntlet for this team. Um, I can definitely see these guys going from super hot start to just straight downhill, kind of like they did last year. So I'm not too high on them. I think Dino Babers is actually on the hot seat. Um, this is a team that started strong, finished poorly, and this is another schedule that kind of favors that, that way. So um, I'm not huge on Syracuse. I haven't really dug too much into them just because I didn't like how they played last year. So this is a team I'll probably be fading if I watch them at all.
0: Yep, so up next we have a Louisville team that went 8-5 and five last year, 4-4 four and four in the conference, only have nine returning starters, and yet that over-under sits at eight and a half. Uh, obviously, they get in a, a transfer quarterback from Cal. Richard, how are you feeling about the Cardinals?
2: Um, yeah, not only to bring a transfer quarterback from Cal, but this is the guy that was with with uh, Brahm at uh, Purdue, so they're connecting again. You know, Brom's going back to his alma, alma mater. The reason that's over under is so high is their schedule is soft. I mean, they got, and in, in le- legitimately, they have one. You got NC State will be mediocrely tough. Notre Dame obviously will be tough, but it's at home. You go to Pitt, which will be tough. Duke's not going to be as good as last year. And then you got at Miami and Kentucky at the end. This is a team that, that over-under started at seven, which I loved. I don't love eight and a half, but they also bring in a ton of transfers. I mean, they hit the transfer portal. They're a top 15 transfer portal ranking. Um, they bring in guys from everywhere. They're going to have a lot of dudes trying to fit into this um this this spread style offense with very limited defense. But one thing about their defense last year is it definitely improved towards the end of the year, which is shocking under a Satterfield type program. Um, I think Louisville is going to be much better than they were last year. I probably won't be putting a play on them too much just because Jeff Brom he his philosophy of just go 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 scares me sometimes, and it's the reason they lost that game last year against Penn State at home in uh, Week One. Yep. So
0: moving on, NC State last year went eight and five, four and four in the conference. They're returning eleven starters. Uh, and obviously bringing in an offensive coordinator from Syracuse, but also conveniently was at Virginia with their transfer quarterback, Brennan Armstrong. Richard, their over-under sits at 6.5. How do you feel about the pack?
2: Um, It'll be better offensively. You know, those two guys reconnecting. Armstrong had a terrible season last year because OC left. His offensive line was obliterated. I mean, he just had a tough, tough year. So I think if they can get things going on the offensive line, Um, just having some good depth and just guys and us not giving up a ton of sacks and a running back crew that can actually – gain some yards um they won't be a team that's terrible but i don't think they eclipse that eight win mark from last year at all um they're still going to have a lot of battles on defense because they lost the defense was the strength of that team last year and they lost a lot of guys so um, especially at the linebacking crew and at the defensive backs defensive line will be about the same because they bring back some guys that were injured from last year and they're bringing a transfer from cincy but db's linebackers are really 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 going to be um hurting there and then running backs, so the you lost your marshals experienced guys. So it's going to be a tough year for NC State. I still think it's a team that goes bowling, but it's not a team that's going to be competing for an aCC championship.
0: Yep, and moving on to Wake Forest last year went eight and five also. Uh three and five in the conference, losing a lot of players, only 10 returners. Their Q- their good QB is gone and-, and 3-0 linemen are also gone. Their current season win total sits at six and a half Richard, how we feel about Wake Forest?
2: I would have liked them a lot more before their best wide receiver blew his knee out two weeks ago. Um, and then the other guy that was their number two guy also got injured. So not having your receivers at Wake Forest is going to be tough, especially when you're replacing a quarterback, replacing offensive lineman, and your best running back. Um, it's going to be a tough year for them, I think. Defensively, they lose a lot as well. Um, defensive line will be their strength, but um their linebackers you lose your number one your number two guy defensive backs you bring back your top four or four of your top six which will be okay but I'm not high on Wake Forest just because of so many question marks in the offensive line and at quarterback
0: so getting to the bottom of the Atlantic we have Boston College last year went a whopping three and nine two and six in conference they're returning 13 starters One of which was a quarterback that did decent last year. Uh, You know, getting back a couple offensive linemen from injury. Their season win total sits at five and a half. Richard, how do you feel about Boston College?
2: Um, I think their offensive line is going to be really, really good. And if they lean on the run more than they did last year, this team will be better than a three and nine mark. Um, But if they don't, I think it's going to be a long season just because I don't think you have the athletes on the outside to stretch the field. You know, you do lose your top two receivers as well. Offensive line will be solid. You bring back 137 career starts. Um, Quarterback going into his second year of actually being the starting guy. Last year, he took over midway through. Um, So if they run the ball and stay more traditional to like what Boston College has been known for, I think they'll be okay. Uh, Defensive line is going to be solid. They got this will be the strength of their defense. Linebackers, you bring in a guy from Arkansas, which is really going to help. And then you hear defensive backs are really undersized, but you do bring in some transfers from Washington and Long Island. So we'll see how those guys shake out. Um, Special teams, 121st last year is something they definitely got to improve on because their punters were just god-awful last year. Um, One thing I'm definitely watching that I've already have circled is week two, Holy Cross at home before that Florida State game at home. So Holy Cross, one of the top teams in the FCS. We're going to see what that line comes out at. And it's something that will probably be entertaining and uh, looking at. So keep an eye for that.
0: Yep, so moving over to the Coastal Division. Team up top last year we had was North Carolina last year. Went 9-5 and five overall, 6-2 and two in the conference. Obviously they're bringing back a decent amount of people, 14. Uh, eight of which was on the defense, which uh, will really help as uh, you know they had the worst defense in all of the ACC. Letting up 431 points overall last year obviously they bring back drake may as well their current season win total sits at eight and a half richard will the tar heels live up to the
2: hype yeah it depends what hype you're talking about are they going to finish as a top 25 team maybe are they going to compete for an acc championship game probably not um offensively they're going to be stacked they're going to be much better defensively i mean i don't know this gene shizik has just been god awful the entire time he's been there their defense has been horrible. They it lose can't their best get much worse. back to Texas a and I mean, it can't get worse. You're right. You lose your best defensive back. I mean, they have so much offensively, and they bring back 17 of 22. I mean, this team should be poised to make a run at the Coastal Division ch- or side, and to win the Coastal Division side. It's just, can their defense be a top 100 defense? Can they be top 75? If you can do that with Drake May, you're a team that can compete, just because of the just of how well he plays. But if you can't keep teams under thirty points, and you're relying on your offense to score thirty plus points a game to win, it's not a recipe for success. So, um, linebackers will be solid. Defensive backs we saw, or not, excuse me, defensive line linebackers will be much better. Um, top six tacklers on this team are back. Um, or sorry, five of their top six are back. One of the tops obviously gone. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, the guys they did bring in to replace. Or from, you know, FCS schools. So losing Grimes is gonna hurt whether this team's able to play. We'll find out week one. They got South Carolina, which is a game they should win. If they don't, it's a pretty rough road those first four weeks.
0: Yep, so moving on to Pitt, a team that went nine and four last year, five and three in the conference. They're returning eleven starters, get a decent uh transfer and a QB from Boston College. Jurgovic. Their current season win total sits at six and a half. Richard, what do you think about the Panthers?
2: Uh you know, I like Narduzzi in the shot. He took it. Uh, he took it. Dion. That's for sure. Um, the problem with these guys is they lose their best running backs. They lose their best wide receiver. Um the offensive line was just so riddled with injuries last year. Can they stay healthy? If they can, they'll be better. But the running backs have got to improve. You know, the guy that's coming up from BC, he's not a guy who can stretch the field every play in a spread. You know, he's a play action, get the ball over to the tight ends kind of guy. A lot of twelve personnel. Um, so if they can improve from that standpoint on the offensive line, they'll be okay. Defensively, they're always solid. Um, defensive line loses a lot, but they do have a lot of depth from last year. Linebackers, again, lose some guys, but you should have some depth built up from last year, but the DBs will be their strength for sure. Um, with the majority of their starters coming back and they do bring in some transfers from Houston. So, um, depending on how their defense plays, it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, that game at West Virginia that's going to be a rivalry game. You know, you know, you know what we think about West Virginia. So, um, See how Pitt plays in that week three game. That'll be all right. Week two, they go to Cincinnati. They should win that one pretty handedly, even though it's you know a rivalry game as well. So um, not high on Pitt, but I think it's a team that definitely can grind out some wins. And I don't think they'll make that nine-win mark, but it's definitely a team that'll go bowling.
0: Yep, so moving forward, we have a Duke team last year that went nine and four, five and three in the conference overall. Most returning starters in the ACC at 17. Obviously, Riley Leonard returning at quarterback. Their current season win total sits at six and a half. Richard, do you believe in the Duke Blue Devils' hype?
2: Uh, I mean, what hype are you talking? In what respect? In what
0: respect? In what respect that they're supposed to be at least top four in the ACC?
2: I would say they're right on the fringe of top four. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year because last year's schedule was so weak. I mean, it was so weak. So I think that it's going to be tough for them to eclipse nine wins. I mean, they're a six to seven win team, in my opinion. You know, that Clemson game week one is going to be tough. I think Clemson's going to be coming out to try to prove something. Um, You know, you're going to beat Lafayette. You're going to beat Northwestern. You'll beat uh, Connecticut. You're losing to Notre Dame. Beat NC State. You'll lose to Florida. You'll lose to Louisville. Or, sorry, Florida State. Lose to Louisville. You might beat Wake. You'll lose to North Carolina, or you might beat North Carolina. You'll beat Virginia, and then toss up Pittsburgh. I don't know, this isn't a team I would take the over/under on. You know they do bring back 18 to 22, which is solid. Mike Elko, defensive guy, which I love. Um, defense wasn't their strongest suit last year, so if they can improve on the defensive line, they should be okay. Um, but they did lose their top guy at linebacker, did lose their top guy at defensive line, and did lose their top guy at the defensive back position. So um, this team should be improved. Offensive line solid, quarterback solid. Um running backs is the only one that kinda of took a hit from last year. So it'll be interesting to see, but this is not a team I would take the over under on.
0: Yep. So moving on, we have Georgia Tech at five and seven last year, four and four in the conference overall. They return eleven starters. Richard, their current season win total sits at four and a half. Right, is Georgia Tech gonna do anything this year?
2: I don't know. What it's it's interesting to see, you know, they bring in Haynes King from um Texas m I was never a big i was never a big fan of him when he was there um they bring in a ton of transfers but i think this coach did a really good job you know filling in la- or getting the head coaching job last year after filling in the midway through um two years ago um it's just a tough place to recruit for some reason i mean atlanta you think you'd be okay to get some athletes there but they're really relying on the transfer portal and guys from the fcs or guys from big power fives that got zero experience so I don't think this is a team that goes bowling for sure, but it's a team that might be able to surprise some people, especially late in the year. Um, you know, you got Virginia, Clemson, Syracuse, Georgia. If you go two and two and down that stretch, I think it's a pretty good year for Georgia Tech. If they were able to get a bowl game, would be a huge achievement, but it's not an over under. I will be uh, entertaining.
0: Yep. So moving on, we have a five and seven Miami team went three and five in the conference last year. Mario Cristobal's second year. Uh, Quarterback Tyler Van Dyke returns. They're over under sits at seven and a half. Richard, how do you feel about the Hurricanes?
2: They'll be improved. Um, They'll be improved. Getting rid of the OC is good. Um, You know, the OC they bring in from Houston should be running stuff that's a little more favorable to Van Dyke. You know, stuff they're trying to do last year. It's just, he wasn't capable of that. And that's where they really suffered. And they relied so heavily on transfers. So, you know, this year bringing back 19-22 to is a lot better for them. Um, You know, building culture, physicality. I think this is a team that's definitely going to be much, much better. You know, that week one game against Miami, Ohio is going to be a tough game. Miami, Ohio is no slouch out of the MAC, And especially looking ahead to Texas A&M, which is going to be a huge game, especially after last year and all the hype that's going to be surrounding that. Um, You'll know a lot about who Miami is and what kind of toughness they have week two i um, not sure what to expect, but I think this is a team that has the potential to compete, or excuse me, compete for a championship game in the ACC um, just because of the amount of talent they have. Um, but I could also see this going poorly with the amount of transfers they did bring in. So um, this is a wait-and-see type of team for me. I won't be looking at anything on this over-under or any otherwise until that Texas A&M game takes off.
0: Moving on to Virginia last year, they went three and seven overall one and six in the conference. The only returning nine starters this is a team that i mean richard are they going to be at the bottom of this conference, or do they
2: see themselves any higher? I think it's between them and Georgia Tech to be honest. Um... Their defense will be better. You know, they got they bring back eight guys there, which is good offensively. The, their entire offensive line has got so many transfers coming in because they were just so so poor last year. Um quarterback wise, big question to marks. They do have a solid tight end. Running backs, they don't have a whole lot of guys with any any um uh with a whole lot of reps in their past or experience, excuse me. Um receiver wise, same thing. You're bringing in guys from Northwestern that you're going to rely on heavily to catch the ball. Um, the defense is going to be their strength, especially the D-line. If this team could win four games, that would be a big accomplishment for them. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're really going to be able to get there. I don't think they might. I don't think they'd be a Power 5 team this year. Um, so Virginia is just, hopefully they improve from last year, but I, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: And finishing it off, we have Virginia Tech dead last in the ACC Coastal. Went 3-8 last year, 1-6 and six in the conference. They returned 11 starters. Richard, do you think Virginia Tech is going to improve upon last year?
2: Yeah, I think they will. I think um, they're going to be a lot better than last year, to be honest. I think their defense will be much improved. I think their offense will be much improved. The quarterback's got to be better because I don't think he can be worse. Um, and, you know, they got the best entrance in all of college football, in my opinion, with Enter Sandman. That's one of the places I definitely want to go watch a game at one point in my life. Um, but this team has definitely got a chance to go into that Pittsburgh game being 4-0. If they can do that, they'll have something rolling. But if you get tripped up twice or maybe three times, it can be a very, very tough year for them and um, probably might be on the hot seat even, if, even after year two, uh, into year three. So again, I think they'll be improved. I don't think they'll expect a whole lot from a whole lot from them. But I definitely think could see this team winning four or five games if they play more consistently and take care of the ball a little bit better. You know, they are 108th in, um, in a turnover margin last year, which is not ideal for a team that is undersized and not as athletic or talented as the majority of the other teams in the uh, ACC.
0: So that wraps up our ACC preview. And uh, Richard's going to be calling an audible. We have one more ACC-esque team Um, That is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Richard, I'm not even going to care to preview these people because they don't care to even actually stay in a conference. But how do you feel about the Fighting Irish?
2: I mean, their quarterback should be better. Um, You know, he tried to go out and bring in a different OC after his OC left to go to um, Alabama. They went after actually K-State's Klein and it didn't work out. Um, Good thing for K-State fans. But, uh, you know, you lose your best tight end. Uh, defense is going to be the strength of this team. I'm, their offensive line should be solid. That being said, if the quarterback can be as good as he was at uh, Wake Forest, Hartman, I mean, this is a team that definitely can make some noise just because of the amount of talent they have there. Uh, running backs are going to be solid. O-line's going to be solid. Wide receivers have got to be better. That was something that really struggled last year. And when you lose Mayer, who's your best tight end and top receiver in yards and catches, Um, It's going to be tough to replace him. So those are the things that I'm really going to look at as the receiving core. Defensive line is absolutely stacked. Um, Linebackers are stacked. Defensive backs are stacked. Um, And then special teams are ranked number 7th last year. So they should be um, a team that definitely should be able to compete with the the games they have. You know, big one Ohio State, big one USC, big one Clemson. But they're all spaced out pretty well to where they're not back-to-back-to-back weeks, which is obviously in favor of them um but again offensive line is the strength of this offense and their quarterback and then again uh is the strength of this defense so um it's a team that's definitely has some big games this year and whether they live up to the hype or not will remain to be seen
0: okay everyone so for week zero picks we decided to bring in uh, a guest mike simon I-, I guess i guess mike just kind of go over you know for starters how you met richard
1: I met Richard in college, like one of those classic stories. I still thought I was an athlete trying to play intramurals. Richard, as you all know, was an intramural champion. He just lived in that thing, trying to ball against anybody. I quickly realized I wasn't going to ball with him, but I would go to the bar with him. And we hit it off from there, and I've been a degenerate gambling friend ever since.
0: Oh, we love to hear it. We love to hear it. So, you've listened to the past couple podcasts. You, know, you got any critiques for Richard? Any, anything you want to throw at him? You know,
1: there's there's a few. You know, if he gets that live bet on Colorado at one game, I, I'm not big on Colorado, but I would also take the over on one, Richard. That, that might have been a little extreme, bud.
2: It is a little extreme, but, you know, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Dion. I just, I, I'm just doing it for entertainment value. And if that hits, I think uh, one of the guys, Zach, actually, Zach from Vegas, Michael, um, he sent me it on DraftKings, and it's plus 600, I think, for. Plus, or for one point or one win, Oh, yeah, over hey, under you one. You know how much I
0: love alternates, so I mean, is it one like, and a half or
2: is it one? It's one, it's one, it's, it's one. one. Uh, so they
0: can't win yeah. a game, too right. bold, too bold. Yeah, that's too bold. It is too bold.
2: Uh, it is too it, bold. In fact, you know what?
0: 12, there,
1: there's lazy wins on those schedules, there. You can play bad and still pick up two.
2: I'm just hoping by the time they get to the end, those teams that they can beat, that everything's just so bad media wise. Walk on right, and wise, well, it's just quit I, city.
1: I know how you feel about Colorado, so I said I'm, I'm gonna move on from that one. But I had to say one was too bold, and then the only other thing I honestly know nothing about Nevada or any of those other picks that you guys did, but a little too high on Washington for me. Um, Michael Penix, you know, uh, he played really well last year, great story, but you know, he's a guy with multiple knee surgeries at Indiana, late year guy, he's losing three out of his five starters on the offensive line. Last year they avoided Utah. They avoided USC. I, I, I don't know. I'm not really loving that Washington team. So,
2: no, no rebuttal, Richard. I mean, I, I, I agree with him for the most part. I think Washington's going to be not the team to make it out of the Pac-12 and make a champ, make the Pac-12 championship. But I do like Penix as a quarterback. I think some of the stuff he did last year was really, really good. And having those receivers back will help. But again, offensive line. You got offensive line. You don't really have a quarterback.
1: Uh, other than that, boys, you were on the money. Like I said, and I'm not saying Washington's not going to be a good football team because I believe they will be. It's just, uh, what are they, preseason polls? They're, they're right on the top ten.
2: They they're top smart. ten for sure because I was bitching about Utah not being top ten. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, other than that, yeah, I'm not questioning you guys' knowledge. I will let the fans know. Week one, you guys <laughs> were so analytical, and it was so smart, and I loved it as a gambler. I'm not going to bring quite that much analytics. We're going to kind of go with the uh, let's see the fun uncle, the drunkle here approach. Love to win, <laughs> um, but we're definitely not going to bring that many analytics today.
0: All right, so getting into it, Mike. You know uh, this is this is your segment, so I'll let you run it. Simon says. So Simon says. You know, tell us all your week zero picks. You know, give us some give us some weird picks. Maybe a UFC pick. Tell us what you got going on.
1: Yeah, Simon says we. Like everybody else, been dying for football to come back. So, we always have to. I want to talk the futures real quick first. Um, I got a couple long shots that I think could hit, and just one team that I'm going to hate on. Um, Oregon State to win the Pac 12, a little dark horse play for me. $153 million stadium reno, returning 12 starters. Team gets better every year under this coach 10 and 2 last year. DJ Ugalele picks his schools because he knows he looks good in orange. A lot of hype there. I really, really think that they could make some noise. There's a team that should have a chip on their shoulder, and I like that. They, they, it's the last year they could win the Pac-12, which, by the way, apparently they weren't good enough for. I, I just, I think that's a sneaky play.
2: I
0: can, I like that. it. I respect,
2: I like it a lot. I like it a lot.
1: So I, I know I, I listened. I knew you guys were kind of already high on Oregon State, so I about changed it. Just cause I didn't want to agree with Richard, but I'm, I'm here anyway. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, I love it. It's a good pick. It makes me feel more confident about my future picks. No, I go. want you
0: to fade him. Fade his ass. Don't <laughs> fade. him. We, <laughs> so we work together. It's yeah, that's a team right. It's a team. It's, a team. it's here, a team. Sorry, team effort. Uh, no, I've been doing nothing
1: but agree with Richard. I'm going to go a completely different direction. So you know, I'm I'm a Big 12 guy. I live in Manhattan, Kansas. The low hanging fruit is the Cats, but I'm not going to be a homer today um even though that is a good over at minus 170 that's just giving up too much um, but that is not my pick i'm really really fading west virginia mm-hmm. west virginia's over under is four and a half i don't see any way they win more than four games this team i gotta quote uh, un, i know it's an anonymous source an anonymous but it is a coach at big 12 media day an anonymous coach at the Big 12 Media Day said, this might be the worst roster in the league. They have some talent, but they're not fiscal at all. They're really small, especially compared to the old Western teams. The defense is legitimately bad. They look like a MAC team compared to the rest of the league. That was an actual quote, and it, it was from a reputable news for Athlon Sports. This team is small. They won five games last year. You look at the schedule. They start at Penn State. Their other out-of-conference game is Pittsburgh they get one against duquesne which i'm not the d2 guys you guys can tell me if they're any good or not but i just don't see any way this team gets to four wins like i mean i think three is probably a good play but under four and a half i i'm all over that one
0: yeah duquesne well, sucks to they're gonna win that but honestly I, I richard i know you like west virginia i'm i'm kind of with i'm kind of with mike on this one i'm not a huge I know, West I like virginia it. guy
2: I like West Virginia in that first game just because you don't know what that quarterback's going to do for Penn State. And I think it's just going to be a game that's grind down to it's going to be a 20 to seven game or 24 to 10. It's not going to be a 20 point game. That's the only reason I liked them week one, but I like Mike's pick for sure. I mean, I think the only wins they could get, obviously, Duquesne, you might get at Houston and you might get Cincinnati at home. But other than that, I don't see you winning any of those other games.
1: So I said, yeah, I. I... I hate for to pick the under on the season future. That, that feels like I'm kind of bearing him here. So if Pat McAfee ever hears our podcast, I'll apologize. But I think West Virginia is going to get manhandled in the Big 12. They are too small.
2: I, I, I mean, mean, back to what he said, there was a coach this summer that said a Texas team, one of the Texas teams, the big high school Texas teams, would beat West Virginia in a football game just because of the lack of size they have and the lack of depth. I and, personally and am thing, all here too.
0: for the Pat McAfee shade. That's all I got to say
2: we <laughs> love it
1: so yeah that, those are my future picks. um i guess you know you, you can't dream about football for however many months we've had since february here and, and not be ready for week zero um i'm not normally a big week zero backer because i'm not a big hype you know this is the recruiting class i like to see the guys on the field bet week one real heavy or week two even try to be a little light but i do love a play on week zero i've got a friend here so he's gonna help me with this I want O-H. Oh. Yes, the Ohio Bobcats. <laughs> yes, there's another <laughs> Plus three on San Diego State. Let's go. I'll take that all day. Curtis Rourke is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He is an NFL guy. His brother is currently a backup of the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's Canadian quarterbacks. They grow them in Ohio. And it, it's just – I always bet on the best player. And I think this kid is good, good. Um he had some health questions, was a little scared about whether he was going to play. This line was originally higher. They did say he's going to play. Last year, they were great when he did play. They lost one or two at the end. Otherwise, they would have had a really nice season. Um, but he was down. Like I said, this kid is good, and he came back. Um, I really like getting the points, even at San Diego State. I know they're doing a new stadium unveil. I know they're going to play defense, but they got a converted wide receiver playing quarterback. Well, I'll keep this close. Take
0: the points. So just to add on to that, uh, San Diego State, they ended their season with a bowl game loss to Middle Tennessee State. They lost 25-23. In that game, they let up negative 66 rushing yards. Negative 66 rushing yards, almost a full football length. And they still managed to lose that game. I mean, that team is awful. I'll say it. San Diego State, overrated.
2: I agree, and I, I believe I like the Ohio play. That Ohio play got down to – it got down to plus one at one point because of Rourke's status. But now that he's been given the all-clear to play, um, definitely love that Ohio play at plus three.
1: To me, it's early. We'll see how that kid does all year. He might be a David yeah. Brown finalist at the end.
2: I agreed. What else you got, Mike? You got another one?
1: I, I got nothing else for football. Like I said, I don't like to push my luck in week zero. Um. I will say I'll, I'll give you a couple other things here real quick. You know, I, I'm, I'm MMA Mike as well because all year I fill the void from college basketball inning to football starting with the USC. Um, one of my favorite things to bet on. There's not a big card this Saturday, but with the games being a little limited, if you got to switch channel back and forth, I have a couple plays on a smaller card here that I think will be nice matches. Um, with the first being, you guys, I know everybody loves – uh, betting super early in the card, is the number 11 fight. So, yes, it'll be on the ESPN Plus early prelims. But we really, I really like Billy Goff. Um, you're getting plus money. He started out at plus 145. He's down to plus 115. I know Richard likes to wait, but uh, this is one that we need to bet soon before he's a favorite. Billy is about the same age, same size man, a little bit of a reach advantage, every statistical advantage, strikes land per minute, takedowns, everything else. He is just making his UFC debut. He's won his last five, three of those title fights in lesser divisions. He won on Dana White's Contender Series, all via knockout. He has never been knocked out, even though he has lost on his record. He's fighting Yusaku Kanishito, and I will not be re-saying that, so that's how we're <laughs> going to go with it, guys. Um, Yusaku's, he's basically had one UFC fight where he got his chin broken against a legit guy. He got knocked out early, late first round. He fought for a while his first knockout, it was his first UFC fight. He has better experience, which I'm normally all about. I normally don't bet UFC newcomers, but a guy that's had his chin broken off of loss with a very little more experience, all the stats favor the other guy and you're getting plus money. Um, I think that's one you got to ride with the little unknown Billy Goff if you're just looking for an early play. And uh, even though that's not a very exciting play. So we got to give something for the fans that actually want to hear of a fighter I'm talking about. Um, Everybody wants to bet the main event. It's Max Holloway. It's the Korean Zombie. It's guys that even people that were UFC fans in the 90s have heard the names of. So they've been around. They're both great. But Max is going off at negative 800. So you bet this title fight. You do something that is never smart, but you can do it. You can play Max on the money line. But you need to be able to parlay that. Well, lucky for us, there are the two legit contenders in women's Lightweight down here at Aaron Blanchfield and Talia Santos. These girls are both studs. They're so evenly matched. They're number one, number two contender. They open the main card. These girls are going to go the distance. So you can bet the over, which is also negative odds. You end up getting 60, 70 cents on your dollar, depending on which site you're using. That's about the only way you're going to successfully bet the final and watch this card.
0: So I'll throw that play out there as well. No, oh, sounds I'm good. I just put the bet in. yeah, I, I know absolutely nothing about UFC. All I know is I want Logan Paul to get his ass kicked so you know if you can give us one on any of those, please let us know. you
2: know
1: Logan Paul Paul is doing boxing. he's got to fight a boxer before I bet against him. yeah actually he did that once, a bad one that was only had a one more win than lost and that was his only loss to date, you know the only real pro boxer he's fought.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah, like Mike said, all summer long, I've been tailing his uh, UFC picks because there's nothing else to bet, and I'm not betting baseball. So every Saturday, Mike hits me with about five or six UFC fights, and usually ends up pretty well. We'd
0: love to hear it. Like,
1: like I said, guys, that's uh, that's all I have for you today. But I hope it's useful. It's not the analytics of last week, which I did enjoy. You guys can still keep telling me about who's coming back and what the statistics are for the other conferences because, yeah, I just like Nevada, 0-12, they suck. You guys had real proof to back that up. So I enjoyed it. It was good. Keep up the good work. and I'll keep listening. Hell yeah. All right,
2: Mike. We'll see you next week. Next week for sure. Another, another uh, Simon see Says. How
1: Simon Says goes, You know, if I go open <laughs> five out the gates, nobody wants to listen to a loser, buddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'll still listen to you.
0: I'll listen. All right, Richard. So I'll get into my picks for week zero first. I don't have many as well. There are only. Seven games, so I mean How many picks can a guy really have Uh, There are two that I will say Are leans Um, One for sure that I already have taken And that one is New Mexico State Against UMass New Mexico State I'm seeing on several apps Is actually minus 6.5 I think they easily win By a touchdown I've taken the alternate on on my bet uh, Minus 9.5 I'm riding with that I think New Mexico State is going to dominate this UMass team uh which has traditionally been one of the worst teams in college football. I don't think they're going to be near that bad this year, but I think New Mexico State is is still going to dominate them. My next pick was Vanderbilt against Hawaii. So you got a Hawaii team. Obviously, you got a lot of crazy things going on in Hawaii right now. Not going to go over that. I'm not here to give you the news. But I really like this Vanderbilt team. They return a bunch of the O line. Last year, you know, they rushed 45 plus times on Hawaii and beat them by God knows how many points. You know, it's a 17 and a half point line here in in favor of Vandy. I think they win by three touchdowns. I'm taking minus 20 and a half for Vanderbilt.
2: All right, all right. What else? Anything else?
0: No, that's it. I, I just got two for this week. I mean, like I said, there's only seven games. I, I can't take every single okay. one of them from you.
2: I got you. Well, um, I mean, me and Mike already touched on, or me and Simon already touched on uh, the Ohio game. That's definitely my lean, which is going to be plus three. Um, Again, if you didn't listen to the first podcast from me, I usually don't bet till the morning of. A couple of reasons for that. College football, you don't have to release injury details or anything like that. So I try to wait till kick see who's on the field try to follow repeal porters to say if anything's come out about somebody not playing or somebody in trouble and then secondly um last year we experienced some guys that were taking picks and then reselling them i guess which is the best way to describe it so we kind of wait to the last minute to put stuff out and then obviously i wait for lines to move a little bit but for leans for sure lean ohio plus three i'm also leaning uh florida international plus 12 Louisiana Tech's much improved. We touched on that quite a bit. But one of the things that's coming out of Louisiana Tech right now is that their stud running back is not going to play this weekend, as well as two of their wide receivers and two offensive linemen. So that's something I've definitely watched. Florida International is not good, but they do have a new coach in there that's actually supposed to be doing a little bit better. Louisiana Tech's trying to plug a lot of new guys in. So that's a lean I have is that plus, it was plus 13 or plus 12 this morning when I last looked, but I got to double check. And again, I'll release all this stuff on the Telegram right before kickoff. Uh, and then I do have a play on UMass and New Mexico State. I took the over. Um, I think both teams are going to score quite a bit. UMass is not a good football program, but they do bring back seventy percent of production from last year. I think that both teams are going to score quite a bit, so the over is something that I'm leaning on right now. And I think it's going to move down just a little bit, just because the day of, I think a lot of action is going to come in on come in on the under because there's a lot of sharks out there that I've given this as a free pick for an underplay, so I think it's going to move quite a bit, and then my last pick that I have is um, the UTEP game, Jacksonville State, I'm going to take UTEP, I think, I have them at, I had them at a pick I took earlier um, last week, and now I think it's moved to minus one UTEP, I just think that UTEP's offensive line is going to really dominate a Jacksonville State squad that's coming from the FCS, and that really doesn't have some size up front, Um, I was contemplating taking the over. I might try to watch the game a little bit and maybe make that a live play. But Jacksonville State's offense should be top-notch. I mean, Rich Rod's going to have that thing going as fast as he can. And they got a seventh or eighth-year quarterback in there. They got a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, It's just I don't know how much air UTEP's going to take out of the game. So um, UTEP minus one is a play that I am also leaning. And then um, one thing I did note was the Hawaii-Vandy game sometimes books don't freeze games the following week so i'm going to be watching several different sports books while that hawaii vanderbilt game is going on and just trying to see how the hawaii's offense is going and maybe try to catch that stanford game at a little bit of better number Um, just because i think if hawaii gets blown out that stanford number is going to shrink down to probably a three-point game Um, so that's something else i'll be watching for on saturday as well and then i'm going to tail mike's or mike simon's picks as well all right, Richard,
0: you've thrown in your picks for Week Zero, but what we really want to get to is any of the futures that you have uh, booked in for this whole year, as far as season win totals, you know, chances to make playoffs, win conferences. Let's start off with what you got.
2: All right, so just so everybody understands how I approach futures, if you are not a person who has a substantial bankroll to bet multiple units. On futures and also have enough to get started for the year. You need to take a step back and maybe do like 10% of a unit on every future that you're gonna take. Don't put all your eggs in a basket now and say, Okay, why I wait till the end of the season? Like, that's not what futures are for. Futures for me are a way to guarantee to double up my money or hedge later down the road as I see fit. So for me, I take 10 units. And I am going to distribute them across the board where I think I have an advantage, if that makes sense, by looking at the schedules down the road and where they're at and where I think these over-unders for their totals might hit. So with that being said, uh, we'll start with the playoffs. So we got two picks for the playoffs. Um, well, not playoffs. I have two picks to win the SEC. And so um, those two picks are Texas A&M at plus 2,000. And then I also took LSU at um, plus 460. So on that one, I took a half unit for each one. Um, And so those are my only two playoff picks that I have uh, for this year. Um, Season or conference champs, I took FAU to win their conference at plus 650. Um, Took Oregon State at plus 1200. Took North Carolina at plus 1100. Took Miami at plus 2000 and took Oklahoma at plus 420. Um, Again, all of those are going to be half-unit plays for me. And again, it's kind of where I can see that game, you know, where I can see them. If they get both all these teams except for, I mean, all these guys will be in a conference championship game. So if these guys all get there, it gives me a chance to hedge at the end, or if I like it enough, I can kind of double down. Um, So those are the five that I took for that. Um, Season win totals... uh, On all these, I put one unit on. Um, So these guys, I got uh, Minnesota under at minus 170. Colorado under three and a half. Sorry, I guess, let me start again. Miami, minus 170 at under seven and a half total wins. Colorado under at minus 154 for three and a half wins. West Virginia, five and a half wins under minus 188. And then Washington under Nine and a half wins at minus 142. The overs that I have that I really, really like, Illinois was one that I put multiple units on um, for their over, and their over is plus 118 at six and a half. And then I took Iowa um, over eight and a half at plus 104. Then I took Florida um, over minus 142 at five and a half. And I took Colorado State um, over four and a half at minus 154. And then I also took, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I took Colorado um, at one. I don't think it's a good play. I just took it because of my hate for Colorado, but it's one is plus 650. I think that it's probably going to be close to tying and so it would be a push. And then I also took them minus, or excuse me, under two and a half at plus 220. So those are my future plays that I have locked in as of right now. And again, I use these futures as a way to double up my money daily down the road or hedge out whenever I have something else happening. So a good example last year was Texas uh, TCU. I was able to use them midway through the season and double down and hit big. And then again, at the end of the year, um, with the K-State game in the Big 12, I actually um, hedged it and took K-State. And so both ways I made plus money on that. So again, I use these as a way to kind of double up or hedge out when necessary. So those are my future plays for the season. And the last one I forgot to mention was I took Vandy. Over three and a half, which I know Michael's going to love because I think they hit that by week four. So that should be an easy, easy over/under.
0: Yep. So I agree with that. Uh, the one thing I'll say is I am not big on futures. I think if you're winning a consistent seventy percent of your bankroll, or obviously not your bankroll, but if your clip rate is seventy percent, I don't really see any reason to do futures. Is you would just you would gain more money week over week towards the end of the year than you would betting a future. Not really for me, but uh, I did actually take one future, uh, one that Richard didn't mention, uh, and that was uh, the over wins for New Mexico State. I think New Mexico State's gonna have a chance to win that conference. I really like that team, Jerry Kill team. So, yeah, I took the I took the over for New Mexico State. I don't have the odds on me right now, but I know it was over five and a half.
2: Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I, th- I think that as long as their quarterback Pavia stays healthy, I think that team definitely has a chance to go bowling. So I don't mind that pick at all.
0: All right, Richard. Any closing thoughts? We're we're finally two week zero. The uh, the vast emptiness of of MLB and and NBA playoffs that nobody cares about are finally over. We have football. Any closing thoughts? We have thoughts? football.
2: Uh, now week zero we're gonna give out everything for free so um, if you send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter or via the website we'll throw you in the thread so you'll get all the action for Saturday for free um, and then starting on week one we're starting a new deal where if you buy a monthly package and you're not profitable by the end of the month you get your money back um, I follow a lot of guys that sell picks or think they can sell picks. Um, One thing I try to do is be extremely transparent, especially like on social media platforms. All of our comments are open. So if we have a poor night, people can comment and destroy us on social media. A lot of guys who do sell picks don't allow comments just for that reason or they go back and delete. Um, Like I said, when you get put in a thread that we have with Telegram, you'll be able to go back and look at every pick I made from last year and kind of get an idea of what we've done in the past. Um, But like I said, we have... Free stuff this weekend should go pretty well based off what we did last year. And I'm pretty confident in these games that we have leans on. And then next week, week one, we have, I mean, I have 17 games earmarked already. So uh, week one could be pretty wild. So again, if you end up buying that monthly package and at the end of the month, if you're not profitable following our picks, the way we tell you to take them, you will get your money back. So,
0: And what he says by our picks, he means his picks. Um, this is Dick's picks, so he's the no, man. With there's the picks, a little bit of but there's that's a the thing about a,
2: gambling that's the thing about gambling though is you're only as strong as the people that are around you. Like to be a better better, you gotta have people that also follow the game and maybe see something that you don't see. You know, like I like Mike Simon mentioned, we him and I talk every Friday and he gives me his list and I tell him what I'm on and then we both talk about oh, I like this, or you like that and you know, me and you do the same thing. Every week we're talking about oh this and that based off of this and if you see something on social media that I didn't see about an injury or you know there's so many things going on everywhere that if you don't have multiple sets of eyes looking you're not going to see it all and one guy can't do it by himself so as much as I've done well doing this it's because the people around me help as well and I'm able to get information and just opinions from others that I respect and guys who know how I kind of read the, read the game or read betting or read how outside influences focus or outside influences affect lines and that's what's made me become somewhat successful um so yeah it's not just me it's it's a it's a it's a team effort for sure
0: gotcha gotcha well with that signing off episode four next time we talk to you college football will have been played it'll be a good time of the year i'll see you guys in the next one You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry, it's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock.